Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast. This is episode 47. Uh, my name's Rick and I'm joined today by Samuel. Hello, Samuel. Hi, Rick. We've got Tom Lovell on with us as well. Hi, Tom. Hi, Sam. Hi, Rick. Uh, thanks for both coming on. It's good, uh, good to talk to you again. We're going to talk about some of the board games that we've been playing recently. We've got uh, a question of the week, which is campaign games. What campaign games have you played? What do you like about them? What don't you like about them? Is there anything that you'd like to try? Things like that. Uh, but before that, uh, I, I saw in the I saw in Kickstarter. I was browsing Kickstarter the other day, and um, oh, I don't know if you've seen dangerous. this. Oh, dangerous! No, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was uh, I, I wanted to back the uh, fighting fantasy uh, game that's coming out by Martin yeah, Wallace. Man. So that was on Kickstarter, and uh, it, it was it's kind of based on the books, you know, the fighting fantasy books from the sort of eighties when we were kids. I think me me and Samuel are both big fans of those, aren't we? We've yeah, got, the, we've got the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. Play them. So yeah, it's it looked quite interesting. Um, unfortunately, I think the Kickstarter failed because it was based in Australia. I think there were a few flaws with the pricing of it and the shipping was quite mm. a lot. Uh, and on top of that, I don't think the <laughs> to game get looks... anything out of Australia though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not great. I, th- I think it's where Martin Wallace lives now. I think originally from the UK, but I think it's where he lives. So it's all based in. Mm. Uh, in Australia, so it was converting from there to, to ours, and it was yeah a bit. Uh, the prices were kind of all over the place, and there were a few flaws with the campaign as well. I think there weren't many stretch goals, and it's not your typical Kickstarter campaign with like loads of minis and stuff like that. So it kind of uh, it kind of failed and flopped a little bit. But I think they brought it back now into GameFound instead, and that uh-huh. lets them price things in US dollars, uh, and it seems to be going a bit better this time. So hopefully it'll fund this time and. Uh, and uh, eventually come out to retail as well, so possibly more people can can potentially get it. But it looks interesting enough. But uh, I did play War with the Power Master. I don't know if you heard of that one. Uh, that's a similar sort of thing, like a choose your own adventure okay, no, I don't know game that. thing. But it, it's kind of a similar sort of thing. But the the paragraphs that you read out are on cards instead of like paragraphs oh, in a right. book. So it's a, a very similar sort of thing. But I, I I kind of played through it and I couldn't help wondering why it wasn't just a book or it's just should be a book because it's just a deck of deck of cards and you just go through his deck of cards and there's a little bit of dice rolling and fighting and stuff but that's literally it so like why why limit yourself to a deck of cards where you could just put it into a book and sell it for <laughs> I don't you know, know. those things it's, yeah it was a bit of a strange one whether this will be different it does look a bit different it looks like you um you kind of build a dungeon and go through it and fight monsters and stuff and it's got all the classic kind of heroes and villains in there so yeah, looks cool. So hopefully it'll fun this time. We'll we'll get to get to see it eventually. And then the the other thing that's um, that's gone on this month is the Dice Tower Awards. Oh right, uh, yeah. So we had the Spiel des Jahres uh, yep. a month ago, six weeks ago, something like that. But this seems to be more of a gamers kind of award thing, whereas that's kind of a family. You know, yeah. like it, it's very German. It's very based in Germany, and it's more of a family thing. And sometimes some of the picks seem a bit odd to our kind of gamer eyes, but this one's definitely. Definitely yeah. buying four gamers. So, uh, game of the year, Heat, pedal to the metal. Mm-hmm. Good game. Um, yeah, it's good that one. Yeah, yeah. Best welcoming game. So I, I guess this welcoming game is kind of like a gateway game, but they're calling it welcoming game. It's uh, Flamecraft. Okay. I played that one, but that's yeah. people. Game. I've seen it, but I haven't quite got to it yet. I've, yeah. I think I've played for half a game because we ran out of time. It's, oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's a good gateway game. It's not too complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it looked a bit more complicated. I thought it was more complicated than Gateway. 
Yeah, it's a little bit. It is a little more complicated than I expect from a gateway game. Uh, uh, from playing it a bit, I mean, it's once you've got the hang of it, it's it's fairly straightforward, I think. Yeah, yeah. They do. They do. The Dice Tower Awards. They do tend to split up the games into sections. So, like with the uh, Spiel des Jahres, you've got your kind of Spiel, which is like your more advanced one, but often it's not. But this one, they've definitely got a separate one. So they've got best party game, best two player mm-hmm. game, best co-op game. Uh, best party game was Ready Set Bet. Okay. Which we've we've played a few times. I think yeah. I talked about before as well. The horse racing yeah. game. Uh, best best two player game was Splendid Duel, which I think okay. you played at the weekend. Didn't you, I think, yeah, I played on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a good game. I quite enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Best production value is Foundations of Rome. It's yes. a very expensive game with loads of models and. Yeah, I'll be but, interested to try that one. I'd yeah, see. yeah, it looks uh, it looks really cool. But um, yeah, best production value. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, pla- a big box of plastic, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, Nothing wrong with a big box of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> and talking of big boxes of plastic, uh, one of the games that I play this week is called Ankh, Gods of Egypt. So this is um, part of a trilogy of games. There's one called Blood Rage, which is like based on Vikings, and there's a, a Japanese one called Rising Sun. This is the third oh, one yeah. based in ancient Egypt. It's um, plays between two and five players, coming out in 2021 by uh, designer Eric M. Lang. Takes mm-hmm. about 90 minutes. Uh, took us a bit longer because we were our, our first game. We yeah, got, it took you close to three hours so, at least, I think. Yeah, yeah, we played it for quite a while. Um, but this is kind of like an area control game. You've got a board with like hexagons on it and you've got units that you, you put out onto the board trying to control uh, various regions. Um, you're building monuments, pyramids, obelisks, things like that to increase your, uh, your kind of final score or you get a score depending on how, you know how many uh, regions you control, how many units you've got in there. Uh, there's a bit of combat as well, so you're fighting the other the other monsters. It's got, got like some uh, cards in it. There's, each player has a deck of cards that'll give you a special ability when you're doing your fighting and stuff like that. Mm. And it has that thing of blood rage where um, you can get points if you lose. So okay. if you think you're going into a battle and you're like woefully underprepared, you can play your lose card and then you'll still get some points out of it, even though you you know you still get wiped off the board. Uh, so it's got this. It's got this quite nice um, sort of area control. You're putting along, doing your actions, doing your things. Uh, but then the divisive thing about it, towards the end, is they have something called the merge. A certain point on the on the game, uh, a certain point on this track, the last the players in the last two places get merged together into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you kind of lose half of your stuff off the board. So like one player's stuff disappears, but the other player's stuff stays. Like all these units, all these abilities and stuff. Uh, but you get both god powers, so each player has like a god power. Uh, you get to keep your god power. So basically, you're playing together as one player, but you kind of you've got both gods, and you can share abilities and do the same action twice, which you can't usually do in the uh, when you're playing like in the normal game. So you get you get a bit of an advantage. But yeah, it's a very strange way of doing it. I think I think it's all based on player elimination. So instead of having people knocked out, they still something for you to do, you know, something to sort of sit and play. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd just be out of the game and you'd still be waiting for half an hour while, you know, the final people finished off the the round. So, yeah, it's a bit of a a very strange mechanic. I'm not quite sure how I felt about it. I'll probably have to play it again to sort of figure out how, you know, whether it was (laughs) a good or bad idea. I'm not sure, but uh, this one... Would you say it's more of a hobbling to a player rather than just completely cutting off their head kind of jobby then if you're merging two players no no it makes you even more powerful oh yeah it, it, it makes you even 
uh, because you get you get a choice of god powers so you get two god powers whereas you usually have one um you can do the same action twice whereas in a, in a, a player who just controls one god you just have you, you can only do one action once like summoning or moving or something like that yeah um right. so yeah it makes it even more powerful it's, yeah it's very it's strange a, yeah two heads so, so, one approach kind of thing by the sound of it yeah Oh, so your reward for being Bobbins is actually you become uber good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Kind of a catch up thing. Yeah, yeah. So catch up mechanism. The, the, the people who are at the bottom of the track with the least points, they suddenly, they still got the least points, but they've suddenly got a lot more abilities and a lot two, more options. Two, two players, but one player. Yeah, and it, and it, it is possible to come back from that and win, which is what we did when we merged. So myself and Peter were playing and. Uh, yeah, we merged together and then we just managed to eco in by like one or two points towards the end of the game. So it was quite exciting towards the end. It was quite quite interesting because I thought we were just out of the game. That's it. And we were just there for fodder basically for the other players. But we, uh, yeah, we managed to do all right. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about it. Um, I'll play it again. But uh, and it'll definitely go quicker, I think, the second time once you know how to play and once you've figured out the combat, how the combat works and the, the moving around and how everything interacts. It's definitely going to going to speed up when you when you play it so, talking of the boxes of plastic this has got really nice production it's got um loads of like really giant miniatures not just like dnd size you know plastic figures but like huge chunky miniatures that you play with for your gods you've got like mm-hmm. special monsters that you can summon that that do that move around and do things as well and they're big plastic miniatures so it's all uh, really really nice uh, mm-hmm. really nice production yeah. Even this is just the retail version. I think there's a like a bigger Kickstarter with more stuff in it as well. But we just played the standard one, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. So uh, yeah, definitely worth a try. Probably not for everybody, and it's a bit of an oddball one. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I've been playing. Ank, Gods of Egypt. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I've had a had a quick look at the miniatures, and it does seem like that kind of game mm-hmm. where you've got a. This is your standard pledge level, or if you want to empty your wallet, this is where yeah. you can get enough um plastic to make uh, <laughs> make greater thunberg cry yeah yes <laughs> all, all the buildings and and the version i played was just tokens but they're all uh, they're all like 3d plastic buildings in the kickstarter and it, it was funny because i was watching a video like how to play a video because we 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 said we we're going to play it and uh, did a pre- bit of preparation where we watched a video how to play all, all of the videos on YouTube are like, oh, this is the Kickstarter version. Your version will look anything like this. It's completely different. So, <laughs> great. I couldn't find one with just the retail edition anyway, but uh, the gameplay is the same anyway. Nothing wrong with a bit of FOMO, is there? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I've. Pronunciation, chaps. Is it brass or brass? <laughs> brass. Yep. Right. Okay. Damn it. I'm, I'm you know. East Anglian born and I say brass. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, yeah. critically, it was for the wrong region. Of course, this is Sheffield Board Gamers Group, White Rose, and this was Brass, Lancashire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there isn't a Brass Yorkshire, so. <laughs> Not yet. Um, yeah, so Brass, Lancashire, Red Rose area. And I've wanted to. Um, tick off you know it's one of the sort of the bucket lists of the games i've not played birmingham but i wanted to play at least one of the brasses and i did finally manage to get there a couple of weeks ago and it and it's a nice little game um i don't know whether it's quite an 18xx style game but it's one of those things where you're linking up different towns you're making industry um and things progress as you're going through the industrial age so you start off making a canal network and you can only link towns if there's canal links 
and you score points by having industries, but also connecting up to ports um, and also having um, you've got money and you get money by either selling your iron for a game called brass. I don't know why one of the commodities is called is iron, but hey, never mind. Um, and coal is the other key commodity and shipping off cotton. And it, and it's nice. You've got a bit of thinking involved. You've, you've got a set of cards with um, either a place places on or um, buildings on. So you can either spend a place card to build any type of building that's allowable on there on that location. Or if you control a location already, i.e. you've got transport networks to it, you can play a building on a location. Yeah, just trying to build up your network. I think there's four or five rounds. can't remember now. It's been a few weeks back and my brain's gone wibble. Um, but it was very much a case of easy enough to learn and get the hang of it. But it's one of those games that once you've played it once, you know where the real powerful scoring is. Mm-hmm. And so it's those where... You can do decently. I didn't embarrass myself for first time playing, but it's clear that there are certain things such as this is when you take the loans out. Really pay attention of taking out loans because I failed to take out a loan because I miscounted the cards and thought I ha- I could do so the next round. And then they just disappeared and went, ah, <laughs> dang it. I should have done that on my turn. So there's just that sort of finessing from having played it once mm. that you can, you know, make your play optimal. And it and it does feel like a game where if you have got people who know what they're doing, it's going to be sort of super optimal and um, going, well, I'm going for this strategy and I'm going to go for that strategy. And, and it can get a bit dog eat dog. If you've got someone who has played before, and those that are fairly new, you're kind of going to see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike some other games where you feel, well, actually, someone fairly new to it can get in and get their hands dirty and challenge this one. Again, just has got a few bits that don't immediately seem so powerful. But once you know how to really milk it, um, I think it can sort of just give you the edge over noobs. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, I think, that, rewards rewards play once you've yep. played it once you, you 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 kind of know where everything is and what order you need to do things and it there's so much variety in there and so much yeah. uh, strategy mm. yeah um yeah I, you know it, it's not it's a it's a nice game i'm glad i've played it and i would like to play it again yeah. um but there are other other games that i've played where even if someone has played before you feel well actually there's not an obvious one or two plays that everybody can do and mm. really milk it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And because there's enough that's sort of on there and because you can also spend two cards to buy any kind of building on any location if you want to, you can really take advantage of certain things and know what is, you know, the most optimal points-wise. Yeah, so. yeah. So that that's what disappointed me a little bit. Just not not enough to sort of be it's a crap game because it's not. It is a nice game. It it looks pretty. Um, it is about iron and coal for a game called Brass, which again is stupid. And of course, <laughs> it is red rose, not white rose. But other than those sort of minor minor quibbles, good game. Yeah. <laughs> is this the one? Is this the one that 
that's gone up to the top on Board Game Geek, or is that a different one? Because there's two versions, isn't there? There's a, a Birmingham. There's one. Birmingham, which has got beer involved, and you've got. Oh, um, I think I think they're very similar. I think they're similar games. Like say the the yeah. Birmingham one's got like yeah. extra resources like beer and stuff in it, but apart from that, they're very similar. But yeah, I, I, I can remember um, I can remember seeing this, the original version, and it looks a bit beige and very euro and not very interesting. But the the new one's a lot nicer looking. It's yeah mm. yeah. And a very pretty board, and all the tokens, and everything are really nice. It looks, it looks a lot better. I, yeah. I played the more recent one because it's not mm. sort of brownium. Is it? Yes. Is, is the one where you, you half your stuff disappears halfway through the game as well? Isn't it? You, you're working on your canals, and then suddenly it all switches over to the rails, and you, yeah, you sort of have basically, to build up again. yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Like, yes, you might have a nice canal network, but actually, we've now gone into. Um, the, the rail network and Tootlepipski and yeah um, you've got to, you know your level one industries they all disappear off but if you've not developed then you've still got to develop through the level ones even though you can't use them and and again yeah. it's there, there's just bits of knowing how best to do things and if you yeah. do get stuffed I think it gets expensive to develop if everyone, you know, if the others on the turn develop and develop and you're sat there going, well, I can develop, but the first dude spent two iron to develop. Second dude spent four and now there's Muggins here wants to do the <laughs> same and I've got to do six. Hmm. Now it would be useful because it's early doors, but I'm absolutely stuffed. And also I'm not going to be able to go first next time because funnily enough, if you spend the most um, iron, you're going to be almost, re- you know, sorry, it's not spend six, it, yeah, spend six coin to buy the two iron. But it, the more money you spend, the mm. later on in the turn you go. So it's like, okay, yeah. so you're really early game. The person who goes first will go, well, actually, I've got, can spend two coin and I can develop. And I'm going to be going first next time. Thank you very much. And later <laughs> on in the game, fine it makes sense you're spending more cash and you can really control it but there's a few things early doors where you're going actually first player really does get a bit of an advantage to my yeah. mind yeah I'm, I'm surprised we don't see this more often at the club to be honest it's um it's a really highly ranked game a really good game but i don't see it just don't see it being played very often to be honest mm. yeah i've i've played birmingham once and lancashire once and they were both well, I think one was this year, one earlier this year, one was last year at some point, mm. early mm. last year. So, yeah, uh, I've, again, not not played enough to sort of yeah. really get to get to the strategies, but um, I've played one of each. It's a bit, I know, it's slightly harder to because yeah, it's yeah. a little bit different. Um, yeah. Um, Do you have a favourite, Samuel? I mean, after one of each, play no, not not really. Uh, I haven't played enough to sort of know which one I prefer. I don't think, and I can't. I can't remember them well, or I can't remember them well enough to know. Mm. Yeah, the people I was playing with, um, there was definitely some that preferred Lancashire and others that preferred Birmingham. So mm. I know that there is a w- which type of brass are you? You know. Yeah, I felt like after I played, um, I think I played Birmingham first, then Lancashire. And after I played Lancashire, I did feel like I possibly had a, a favourite in mind there, but. I did sort of prefer one over the other, but I'm not sure which one I preferred now. It might yeah. have been Birmingham. I think it might have been Birmingham that I preferred. I'm not sure. Okay, so uh, yeah, so 
what else have you been playing, Samuel? Have you, uh... Yes, well, I've been playing a campaign game, actually. We'll, uh, oh. we'll talk about those oh. later on. That's what prompted me to think of the question. Um, we're, me and a couple of others are working through Dice Throne Adventures, mm. um, which is the campaign expansion for the Dice Throne games. So Dice Throne is essentially a battle yard, so, so you're rolling dice to try and get straights or things of a kind or sets of different symbols that are on the dice and to activate your different abilities and things like that to attack the other player in a sort of standard game. Mm. Um, generally what's best is two-player. You can play it as more well, team mode than a, a free-for-all type mode, I think. But um, it's one of those things that sort of build as a kind of a one-on-one type thing. And then so we've been playing a sort of a cooperative version where we're fighting um, NPC enemies, if you like, rather than each other. Uh, but again, using the same kind of system of rolling dice and trying to make these combinations. And then you get a deck of cards as well that will give you different powers and give you abilities like, you know, ability to re-roll dice or change the value of dice, add extra damage, do all the things. They, each character will have a set of tokens they can use to do various things as well, which will interact with the cards and, you know, allow you to block bits of damage or try things again or all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so I've been playing as uh, Santa Claus <laughs> because I have. Ho ho ho! Yes. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. we got we've got it's uh, Santa Claus, Spider Man, and Doctor Strange. You know your classic combination. <laughs> so you can add it because I wanted to try the Marvel Dice Throne at uh, UK Games Expo and couldn't uh, couldn't get the time when it was available to try. Yeah. So, so you could just mix and match yeah, any of the characters in it. Yeah. I That's mean, cool. we may have slightly made it harder by not having any of the standard dice room characters, which may have been built a bit more for sort of a dungeon, because it's a dungeon crawling type thing. Because um, the standard characters are all things like Paladin or Ranger or whatever kind of D&D type characters. Mm. So we slightly better built for that. There's actually a bit more healing, for example. But we're, we're getting through. We've lost a few, well, a few of them, but we've never lost more than once in a row. Yeah, you also alternate everything like a dungeon crawl type thing and then a, a boss fight where you have like a combined health dialogue fighting out a big fighting against a big boss. And it's been quite good actually. I'm not the biggest fan of campaign games. Uh, I'll talk more about that later. Um, but I've been quite enjoying this one. Because um, mm. you, you know, building up the deck as you go, after each fight you'll get new cards that you can use on empty decks, which will either be new cards or they'll be better versions of other cards you've already got. Um, and that's quite fun, you know. So we've got some yeah, nice like new stuff in now. Yeah, or nice new things I could use next time around. I'll be stronger again, so that's that's quite satisfying. Mm. Um, one thing I would say is that you, we originally started the campaign as a four-player, then started again as a three-player because mm. the fourth person was going to be not the club for ages. And actually, I prefer the three-player, because at the four-player, there was just far too much downtime between turns, because oh, yeah. the turns are quite long with all the volumes, adding what you're going to do, mm. um, then you've got the enemies going to fight, possibly that kind of a thing, each time. And you do roll dice as the enemy for another player. You know, you can sit out for ages. I mean, one of the boss fights we did was a four-player game. I think we had I had one turn in the entire game, because I went fourth <laughs> in the thing we'd... we'd uh, we had the one last one of you lost probably um, after seven turns so I never got a second turn All right. <laughs> so I, was, I wasn't wow. doing much for all that which was a bit rude that was a bit bad yeah. luck there but yeah. I mean I th- 
I think for me personally, it probably probably would work best as a two player because then you'd always mm. be doing some either your own turn or working for somebody else. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it a four player unless you like a lot of downtime. Right. Because <laughs> it's the terms are quite long. I just found yeah. it. There was so much time I just wasn't doing anything. It got a bit boring. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Yeah, it doesn't... It's, it's, you know, it's been okay. You have one set, we don't do anything, but it's not too bad. Mm. Uh, it's, we, we're moving a lot, so we're playing a lot quicker now because we know what we're doing. So, mm. Is that one element of it then, Samuel, that if you know what you're doing, it can actually tick along at a good pace? Yeah. But if you really don't, then it is going to be it's a slog. Gonna drag, yeah. Once you get the hang of how everything works, what different tokens do and... All that kind of thing, and you know, what card, what the different cards do, what your different powers do, that sort of thing, how the turns work, you'll get, you get quicker at it. Yeah. And and is there like a, is there like an ongoing story or a narrative, or is it just like you're fighting a different monster each time? Is there like Not a... really. We have a, like I said, you alternate between a, what's called a portal crawl, where you're sort of going through a dungeon, hmm. kind of dungeon quality, but fighting different enemies, and then kind of a mini boss, and then after that, the next sort of scenario, we're just fighting a big boss. Um, kind of one off thing, and then after that, you go back to the next portal crawl, right? So, and there's sort of four levels of that, so there's about sort of eight scenarios if you like in total, yeah. So, it's not a, it's not exactly a, a very long campaign, yeah. You know, we've had to try a few, several of them a couple of times to get through, yeah, yeah. But if, if you lose, you get sort of a bit of loot and you get some healing things for the next time around and stuff, so uh, okay, yeah, you get a chance to try again with the. But it's not quite as hard, and we're just playing. We, the variable difficulty levels as well. We're just playing it on normal. Uh, mm. I think it's not easy, normal. Well, I think there's four difficult difficulty levels. Not easy, normal, hard, and veteran. They're not, not quite those names, but something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, we're only just scraping through the normal ones. Yeah. yeah. In some cases, so I'd, I'd hate to think what well, veteran difficulty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Make your eyes bleed. <laughs> well, you might think that. I don't know. I don't know how you survive yeah. that. We're, yeah, we're surviving with one or two health at the end of the thing, having revived each other a few times as well. So, gameplay-wise, it's relatively, relatively straightforward. Like I said, sort of just Yahtzee-esque rolling dice thing. So it's not, not too complex. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, cool. <laughs> probably, probably would go through it again, having gone through it once, but be too frustrated with a game with a different character. Although I'm sure some people would. Yeah, yeah, just try the different characters. It's nice to go through it once. Do you think it is a combination of Santa, Spider-Man, etc. is part of your problem? So the characters you've chosen, or is it a game thing? Um, I think it's partly the character thing. I mean, I think the first time we actually had a worse combination somehow. This combination did slightly better. We've got a bit more healing and things. I think it may also be partly a game thing and they've tried to sort of turn what is a, you know, characters whose powers are used to sort of directly attack another character and is therefore not too focused on necessarily healing or um, cooperative play. Sort of turning that into a fully cooperative thing. Mm. Um, there's going to be some shortcomings and some bits where it doesn't, doesn't quite work as well. Maybe there's one, I know there's at least one or two cards that don't, don't quite work as well in a cooperative sense or it's not quite as useful. So, yeah, sort of the translation from one to the other, I think, has perhaps left some slight, got some, given it some slight issues, possibly. Be, uh, be interesting be interesting to come back to it once you've actually finished it. And, yeah, you know, we've got once you've completed it and see yeah, what you think of it then. Three, three more scenarios to go. Yeah, you're not far off, are you? Yeah, I've done quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It, it seems to work fairly well as a um, in a co- as a cooperative as though. Mm. So next one for me is a game called Quest for El Dorado. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm So this is a game, a deck building game by Rani Kinizia. Oh, uh, yes. plays, plays between two and four players, takes between 30 and 60 minutes. So this is uh, a race, uh, basically. You start off at, at one end of a map uh, that's built up of hexes with symbols on them, and you're playing cards to move through uh, through the hexes. So each hex might have a paddle on it for water spaces or a machete for forest spaces or coins for like villages and towns and things like that. So you're basically playing cards out of your deck to move uh, to match up the symbols and move through the uh, move through the board. Uh, the other thing that you can use your cards for is for uh, money, for spending uh, money to get extra cards into your deck. So it works like a normal deck builder. You've got like a row of cards that are available to purchase. You can spend money to buy them, uh, and they go into your discard pile. And then eventually, when your deck is empty, you shuffle up your discard pile, and that becomes your new deck. So it's a it's a fairly quick, robust kind of uh, deck building games in that. Um, there's not many abilities. You're basically just building up your deck to try and get get around this um, uh, these hexes as much as uh, as quickly as you can before the other players. The twist is though that it, it gets harder as you go along. So to start off with, they'll just have one icon on the hexes, which are pretty easy to get around. But later on, there'll be two hexes and then three. Uh, sorry, two icons and then three icons and then mm-hmm. four towards the end. But what you can't do is you can't combine cards. Uh, so if I need four paddles to get through a space, I can't have four single paddles. I've got to have a card that's got at least four on it. You can't go down. However, you can go up. So if I've got a card that's got four paddles on, I can move through a one paddle space four times. So I can spend it okay. to go through the easier spaces, but I've got to have at least the four to go through that space on the, okay. on the hard ones. So that means at some points there's kind of a, a fork in the road. You can, uh, depending on what deck you've built, um, you can take the easier path, but it's going to take you longer to get round, or you can go for the harder one. But then obviously you've got to wait for the right card to come out of your deck. You might only have one or two of these uh, particular ones. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a whole range of cards that you can buy at the top, but only five are available at a time, or is it six? There's only six available. Uh, so yeah. as soon as one of the de- one of the decks is re- re- um, depleted, you pick one of the other ones from a top row place it in and then that's that's available for the other for the other players then mm-hmm. so it's got the usual deck building stuff you've got like really powerful cards but you can only use them once and then you discard it um it's got ways to sort of uh, transform your deck and change things and give you special abilities and things and it's basically just a race uh-huh. trying to get to the end of the map uh, before the other players uh, so like i said it's really streamlined really quick takes between half an hour 40 minutes 50, 45 minutes possibly um it's got like an extra module in which are the caves so mm-hmm. if you stop next to a cave, you can play with these or leave them out. But if you stop, stop next to a cave, you can take a token and it'll give you a special ability. Um, the maps can be configured in different ways as well because the map's not on a board. It's made up of individual tiles. So you can put the tiles together in different configurations and they're, both double-sided, uh, they're all double-sided as well. Uh-huh. So you can flip the tiles over to different configurations and build your own maps and things. Uh, and actually, I was just looking on the um, on the website on BoardGameGeek for the um, play accounts and time and stuff, and somebody's posted like their own maps on there. There's about 30 or 40 different combinations of maps that you can have that you can build oh, wow. from these tiles that are in the game. Wow. I, th- I think there is an expansion, though, so you might need an expansion for, for some of them. But... Uh, in the book, I think there's probably like half a dozen different maps, starting mm-hmm. off with the easy ones, obviously, and then getting harder as you go along. But uh, you can build your own, or build your own, or can download like fan-made maps as well. So yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. This one, it's a uh, nice and quick. Uh, this is another welcoming game, I think, probably. 
Yeah. Uh, for teachers to sort of anybody really, it's fa- fairly simple to to get your head around and, uh, and and play. All the icons and the um, cards all make sense. They're all it all tells you on the cards what the special abilities do and how they work and everything. Um, the buying is fairly straightforward because you're only limited to the six that are available, even though there are like 20 cards in the game or 25 cards or something. Um, you've only got a choice of the six that are in the market, so you don't have to worry about the other ones. You just have to worry about like what which one of those six you're going to put into your deck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's good. We uh, uh, yeah we've, we've played it two player. It doesn't quite work as well in two player. Uh, me and Tracy have played it. The uh, the way that works is you get two explorers each, you get two meeples each. You have to get them both to the to the exit to the last space. So it's still kind of a race and it still kind of works, but it's a bit yeah it's a bit clunky because you can't kind of controlling two meeples at once. Um, it's better at a and four player I think, but it does work at two. Um, but yeah, it's a good game. I'd, uh, I definitely recommend it if you want a, a sort of introductory deck building game. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, not played it myself, but I have seen it being played. In fact, I saw it being played twice in one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By two different groups. Um, it does seem to be quite popular. Yeah, it's uh, good. People quite good. like it. Um, well, I'm going to do a brief mention because basically, Rick, you and Tom got there last week. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the Gloucester board game group, we've been playing a lot of challenges like you guys have been. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, having listened to you, Tom's really good description last month, not going to go there, but we found it, it worked quite nicely to sort of get a lot of people together like you just said it, it, it's very much a welcoming game kind mm. of almost like if you're going to go for an evening of board games and there's you know um on tuesday there was lots of people milling around and so we just went right look we're going to play challenges you got eight people so, some of them hadn't met before and so it's a very good way to get people talking it was for those yeah, that are not yeah. quite so sure about games, it was simply enough for people who've never played it before to be gone through the rules, get playing, and just get a games evening started. Yeah. And sometimes when you've got a game, you know, an evening, sometimes you turn up and go, I know what I'm going to play. I arranged it last week or whatever it was, and you've got your group of bods. Off you go. But when you turn up and go, well, quite happy to play anything, actually. Just throw something at me and everyone's going, well, so do I, so do yeah. I. Yeah, it's really like good that, for going, <laughs> we're starting, here's a game. It doesn't yeah. take too long. You get your brain thinking and then people go, oh, I've played a game. Right. And then they make their decisions a lot easier after playing a game. So yeah. I yeah. see what you and Tom were saying, that it's sort of, you play it a bit yourself. And there's an element of how cheesy you are about mulliganing and choosing your cards and i think it is very much your choice of cards for your deck it's a bit like poker where it is a game of luck with some skill involved Hmm. i think that's the way poker was described wasn't it um Mm -hmm. luck has a big influence certainly but your choice of cards affects your luck to an extent yeah yeah Yeah. so but it, it works to just get people starting to smile, chatting to the other bods um, that are there. And if you've got four people, it scales to that. If you've got eight people, it scales to that. And I think that's one of its advantages. You can have eight people and you're not sat there going, well, it's a huge game and I'm sat waiting for my turn because you're generally 
doing something or you know that it's not going to be long until it's choosing your next cards for the next round so you don't feel like yeah. there's wasted time yeah definitely i i agree with that i haven't played it in that sort of that way as a sort of starter introductory thing but i can see it would work quite well like that yeah so it's something to bear yeah. in mind yeah no it's brilliant yeah, as an icebreaker yeah. game yeah because you can sort of sit down with everybody don't you at least once and you yeah, play a quick game with everybody and then kind of have a final winner so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like I, um at the games group i run um for kids at the school i work at you know september thankfully enough weeks away but we know that the first session will be cash and guns because it doesn't matter how many people we've got there will be enough it gets everybody involved it's a good icebreaker game and i put mm-hmm. challenges alongside that as well have you ordered the expansion yet, Samuel? No, not yet. <laughs> there's the yeah, challenges too coming out. Yeah, there's another one coming out with different uh, groups, isn't there? Different. Uh, is it? I yeah. think it's a standalone one, isn't it? Is it like? A yeah, it is. Thing? I think. Yeah. There's quite quite a lot of variety in the box anyway, because there's a lot of different um, yeah. sets, isn't it, that you can play with mm-hmm. and different yeah. combinations. But and the artwork's fun enough and things. So yeah. The question will be whether you can combine challenges and challenges too, or not. I believe you probably can. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, there might be some new stuff in one of the one of the factions, but thought, yeah. I think when we played Samuel's copy, I think we people were asking as well. This, oh, is this a Kickstarter because it comes with those nice mats, player, yeah. mat, player mats, and everything, it's doesn't the it? Mats the mats and yeah. the holders and everything else. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's got a good quality to the cards but also of all of the components you don't you feel like you've got a good i'd say a good game but you know it's not a cheaply produced game mm. there's been thought put into everything so but anyway that was just a brief sort of this was our experience as i just mentioned the um gloucester board game group i'm going to do a brief plug as well mm-hmm. that we've got a games day on the 2nd of september where anyone's welcome to come along um mm-hmm. we play at the church of latter-day saints in barnwood in gloucester but yeah it's open to everybody families etc it's going to be um a very f- sort of family friendly day as well so mm-hmm. um, what, what what day is that uh, it's saturday, saturday the second saturday right saturday the second yeah oh, okay just as everyone is gearing up to Kids go back to school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, <laughs> One the last day of fun. warm, <laughs> sunny, delightful weather that we've been enjoying in ink. No, we haven't, have we, Drat? Um, but, <laughs> yeah, wettest July on record. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so at the end of the summer, Games Day. So, um, no, um, talking of warmth, um, Western Legends is a game that I've been um, played fairly fairly recently i played it for the second time i played it once many months back um and it it's sort of a sandboxy game as far as there are so many different things that you can do to win the game so everybody all the players choose a character and so you've got billy the kid you've got um for all the famous western types it was um jesse james john you know all of those characters and you play a character and you've got certain abilities and on your turn you can do many different things you can move about you can go and 
um, collect cows and move them from one ranch to another to score. You can rob a bank. You can go um, to um, the casino and gamble. You can be on the right side of the law um, and go after the ne'er do wells. You can be on the wrong side of the law. Um, and I'm trying to be to condense things down. I've been playing the expansion version where you've got um, two different areas. Um, on one area, you've got areas to explore as well. And so there's so many different things you can do. But generally, it's about moving your character around, spending the money, your money appropriately, trying to build up set skills to win, avoiding either the bandits or the marshals or both sometimes. And you do score a form of victory points um, at the end to win. And it, and it's just sort of nice that the cat, partly the character, but partly what you're doing, that unlike brass, which I'm sound like I'm giving it a kicking it today and I'm not, <laughs> but you don't feel like one person will go, well, this is the way that I can pretty much win all the time. You can pick it up. You play a different character. You do things differently. Sometimes it works because of the people you're with that actually being on the wrong side of the law is absolutely fine. Other times people are aware that if you let someone go on the wrong side of the law for too long, that becomes really powerful. And so they try to get you arrested or other things. Mm. Um, sometimes being a sheriff is absolutely rubbish. Other times being the sheriff can really help you or not being sorry, being a marshal to the sheriff. Um, I need to use the right terminology, don't I? Can really get you some good um, points and things. I think last time I was uh, one of the harlots or um, gamblers and was generally minding my own business and managed to get a couple of turns just in a row and milked it right at the end. But it was touch and go for most of the game that some people were doing well in one bit, others sort of succeeding in other areas. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it was just a um, there's enough models, there's enough things happening that even when it's not your turn, you're still kind of going, well, what am I going to do next? And so you weren't sat there twiddling your thumbs because there's enough to think about. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I own and I have played Western Legends a few times and I've got the Blood Money expansion and what my various bits. I've got a play map for it and nice tokens and stuff. I do quite like it. They, they can be a bit. I do find they can be a bit of downtime because the turns again take a bit of time if you you know doing playing poker and things at the casino or that sort of thing. If you're playing, yeah. I think I've been playing with five or six. So it could take, <laughs> I think we played draggy. I think it was mainly possibly then with four people. Maybe there's that yeah. sort of there's a good number of people to have where there's enough to be playing but not too much to be. Yeah. Thumbs. I think there's quite a lot of new players as well, so that was making it slower as well i do really like the sandbox nature you can just sort of go and do whatever you want to do however you like yeah you don't have to just sort of do this or this or this you, you know mm. you can go and choose where you want to go on that what you want to do mm. let's do it with that really yeah i quite like the uh, the appeal of it like doing a bit of uh, doing like different things depending on what you want to do on that particular game yeah. Whether it's like rustling yeah. cattle or, like you said, being part of the sheriff or gambling or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that sandbox I'm, thing. Yeah, I might break it down on Tuesday, actually. 
Mm. Um, <laughs> not, not, I haven't played it for a while. I was thinking about bringing it down, so mm. yeah, might do. Mm. But uh, I can remember uh, one game I played a while ago, you know, just on just the base game. Actually, it was because I kickstarted it originally, so it was the best game in a couple of mini expansions. And he predicted me that one person was an outlaw and sort of went flying ahead because they get points every turn. Mm. They did quite well early on. And we were we were playing the short game, so it was 15 points was the trigger for the end game. After a few rounds, they'd got 14 points, and everybody else was on about three or two or something, or four or three or something like that. And then they triggered, they, it was a four-play game, they triggered the end game then, um, but they were the first player in the round, and I was the last player in the round, and I was a marshal. I got along with the marshal track, and uh, it then, on my very last turn, if I could get one more marshal point, I'd gain another six points of being on the last phase of the marshal track, which would give me the victory. Well, I, I gained enough, uh, I needed to gain more than one, but I'd gained, I was, well, anyway, I was one marshal point short of needing that. <sighs> um, so I'd done as best as I can, and I'd resolve one of the story cards that you could resolve that would give you a few bonuses for doing certain things. That just happened to give me that one more martial point that I needed, which gave me the six points, oh, wow. which, gave, which gave me the victory. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the outlaw, the person by the outlaw, who seemed like he was a dead cert to win for 95% of the game, or whatever it was, most of the game, ended yeah. up being pipped right uh-huh. to the, the very last possible second. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, obviously, crime doesn't pay that Samuel, does it? Yeah, yeah, that was that was quite a dramatic, uh, a dramatic finish because I, yeah. yeah, it was all, all came down to whether I got that martial point or not from that story card. <laughs> um, I kind of like that that sometimes that yeah, it was uh, it was you good know, for me. Obviously, it was not good for the opponent, but go on, Tom. But well, what I was going to say was yes, there's a bit of luck, but you got yourself into a position that actually that just tipped it over if that makes yeah, sense it could yeah. Off. Yeah, yeah you know you had to have got yourself up to that position, position for, yeah for that to be a for it yeah, to have worked so it wasn't to exist yeah yeah but also that's not necessarily going to happen every time you can't no. just go well and how and you know it's not like it's game adjacent where what someone else does doesn't affect you, you can affect the other players as well, and I quite like that. You yeah, know, that, that it's there's times when it's nice that you're playing your own game, you're all on the same board, mm-hmm. but actually what you do doesn't affect others. This one, what you do can directly affect somebody else because yeah. you get them arrested, or because you have a fight with them, or other things. So yeah, yeah. so something else I've been playing, uh, which we played on Sunday. Uh, I'll play it along with a few other people. Uh, it's something I picked up at the UK Games Expo, actually, which is Whirling Witchcraft. Which oh, is, yeah, uh, I played this one. Yeah, yeah, I played yeah. it with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played it a couple of times before that as well, which is a, mm. sort of a, it's a, a drafting engine building game where you're playing witches who are have sort of you know, work to be ingredients, and then you're taking those, turning them into other ingredients um, in a sort of a fairly standard board game kind of style. But the objective, rather than trying to get points or trying to get but with a set or anything like that, is you're sort of putting this engine so that run the cards that you've got to produce stuff, and then that stuff goes in your cauldron, and then that cauldron goes to the player on your right, and they have to take those ingredients that you've made and put them onto their workbench. And the idea is you're trying to give them too many ingredients to put on their workbench so that you get the leftovers and they become points. And if you get five points, or five leftovers if you like, uh, you win the game. So you're trying to sort of build this engine by drafting a card each round to 
um, work with the grid is that you're being passed by the person on your left to try and for the person on your right. So there's quite a lot of interaction because you're sort of constantly looking at what what could I give to the next person? What am I getting? Mm. What card would, you know, okay, the person's supposed to be a lot of red. I need to try and get things to get rid of red um, so I don't get overflowed on red, that kind of a thing. Mm. Sort of, so it's uh, much more dynamic than sort of a lot of engine builders or indeed a lot of games where you're just sort of doing your own thing a bit with your drafting your cards and things. It's uh, very nice. Each game, each game is quite different as well because of that, depending on mm. what cards you get, what you start with, that kind of a thing. And it's fairly good play. I mean, our game, I ended up winning our game quite quickly because I was able to overflow the person next to me. Yeah, it was like super quick, wasn't it? it yeah. It seemed like half an hour, 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah, it was quite quick. I mean, that I think was, as I said, was probably the main criticism that it can end a little bit suddenly mm. because of the nature of the game. But I don't personally want that too much. It's, as I said, it's the nature of the game. Um, you know, it's not it's not designed to be a game that lasts three hours or anything. Mm. Mm. Um so, I mean, you could easily have a second game if you wanted to. I quite, yeah, I, I quite liked how you kind of try, you're building your engine, aren't you, to build a, to make a particular colour to try and flood your opponent and try and get yeah. there. But then while you're doing that, they're seeing that you're sending loads of like white cubes or whatever. So they're drafting the cards that use the white yeah. cubes up more and it kind of bounces out a little bit. So there's a bit yeah. of push and pull like there, I guess. Yeah, like I said, it's quite dynamic. Yeah. You sort of rather yeah. just sort of. Oh, I'm going to cool. just do this. It doesn't really matter what anybody else is building up too much. Yeah. Um, other than the drafting, there's there's a lot more. It's got that thing what drafting games have where you're you're always doing something. You never sort yeah, of sat there waiting for your turn yeah, or twiddling your thumbs. There's, no, there's, there's no always downtime. something. Yeah, there's no downtime yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, for all the players, which is cool. Which is cool. Yeah, I think that made it, it seemed as though it was going faster than it was as well. Yeah, probably. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, we only drafted like what probably five or six cards each, and then yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was over. So is that is that typical of like a normal game, or was that just a an odd attack? Slightly quicker. I've had games where I probably drafted ten cards or so. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd say yeah, maybe seven or eight, perhaps the standard ish. Yeah, it, oh, the the, cal- the cauldrons are really nice. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It, it keeps everything cauldrons. They work alright. Keeps, keeps everything organised and like you know yeah. handling over loads of cubes like to another player. It's yeah, all, you've got them. Yeah, it's all there in the cauldron. You just pass a whole lot across. That was quite cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was a good game. Yeah, I'll keep my eye out for that one. It looks quite cool. Yeah, uh, is it? A, it looks like it's a fairly compact little box as well. Uh, or, or is it? Or, or you know, the thing hey, is, what I'm, size is it? It's not. It's not the small. No, it's not particularly a small box. Okay, I, I suppose it's just. <laughs> Yeah, looking at the cubes. cauldrons take up a bit of space. Yeah, it's got to fit the cauldrons in, hasn't it? When they're all built yeah, up, right. so it's small. It's smaller than a ticket to ride box, though, isn't it? Yeah, so rectangular. Sort of like same size as Century, sort of thing. A little bit, little bit larger than Century Spice Road. I found it in the Bringing Back the Expo for a tenner. One of the things I've been looking out for, so I uh, had a search of it in the beforehand, so I knew it was there. Yeah. Um, oh, def- definitely worth that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah bargain. Because it's only, it's only came out a couple of years ago. It's quite recent. Yeah. Okay, shall we move on to question yeah. of the week then? Campaign yes. games. So, yes. Tom, to, uh, sorry, Samuel's already mentioned that he's been playing uh, Dice Round Adventures, which is a campaign game. Um, he's already told us about a bit of that. But uh, that kind of prompted the question, I think, didn't it, Samuel, about yeah. what other campaign games have you played? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that we've talked about too much on the podcast before, mm. from, mm. from, from what I can remember being on there. So Tom, so 
Tom mentioned in the chat, and uh, this is the first thing I thought as well, is the Legacy Games, their kind of campaign, because they kind of follow the story, don't they? But yeah, I mean, what, they, what's, that, the, what's the difference that, between Legacy and a campaign game? I think I suppose the main difference is that you could probably play a campaign game multiple times, whereas of a, a true Legacy game, you kind of play it once and then it's done, or you mm-hmm. get sort of a, like Charter Set or whatever, you'll get a, then get just a sort of a replayable board game at the end rather than playing through the campaign again, as it were, the campaign element again. Yeah. Mm. Um, or you, you you physically change the game board in sort of permanent ways or change the game permanent ways, you know, ripping up cards or adding elements to it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but also, I was, gonna, I was thinking about it as well. I've played and mentioned in the past um, Stuff Fables, the storybook games, where each game is linked to the previous one but you don't have any carry-on, and it's kind of like, well, actually, they're their own unique game that's mm. got this link. And I wouldn't quite, you know, it kind of feels campaigny, but kind of isn't, because what happened last time doesn't really affect what happens next time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you mentioned that, I went, oh, yeah, yes, I have. And then I went, well, I kind of have, because I played Necromunda, that kind, you know, miniatures-wise, campaigns do happen a fair bit, particularly with things with Blood Bowl or, um, as I said, Necromunda is another one, and people like to do the linked miniatures games that way, but um, mm. I have played, you know, I've got my own campaign game, and it is a legitimate campaign game, and it is um, part of the World of Smog series. It is... the Rise Oh, of- yeah. So yeah, I've, I've come across that one. Not I backed it, so. that on Kickstarter, and so you set up and you've got the first mission and you've got and people choose which characters go in there. So you've got a range of different characters which have got their own skills that you will be taking through. But also what happens in that game affects the next adventure. But it's not kind of definitive end like a legacy mm-hmm. game. And also you've got to I'm playing the game and then I've got the in between game phase where you can improve your characters go off and do this and do that and i've played it one uh, the first mission twice with different people and i'd love to actually get that out and play the campaign with people that are able to dedicate the time mm. and that's the biggest problem i've got with it is finding the people that are happy to that play is an it issue isn't it time. yeah, yeah. That, that is the same I think players the big, every yeah yeah so i think that that for me is one of the, sort of the big issues with campaign games you've got to have the the, the time to dedicate to them mm. um, especially for something like gloomhaven or frosthaven where it's, you've got hundreds of you know hundreds of scenarios or whatever and it would take take literally years of sessions yeah. to play and that's one of the things that puts me off campaign games to an extent is the time dedication it's one of the reasons i'll probably never play gloomhaven or frosthaven i just haven't got the time to dedicate to mm. to want to dedicate to a campaign that large really yeah yeah I'd rather play lots of other games instead. It's, yeah. fun, it's funny that you should mention, um, mention this as a topic as well, because after we finished playing Ankh, uh, I was talking to Bentley about like uh, games with like models and um, yeah. you know, plastic miniatures and Kickstarter and stuff like that, and he mentioned a game called Earthsworn. Um, oh, yeah, if, if you don't recognise the name, I think it's the one with the giant rat on the cover. It's got like a, like a rat, and that's one of the first bosses that you have to fight against. But that's like a campaign game, and it's got like a bit of a story to it. And and then you go off and mm-hmm. fight this big monster, and then it goes back to the story bit, and you do a bit of extra on the story. So I've not, yeah. not actually played that one, but it sounds really interesting and uh, looks cool on the I, uh, I have a, plastic finished miniatures front. 
Yeah, I saw it at UK Games Expo because I've got a friend who's backed it and it's turning up. And and he said, well, when you go to Games Expo, speak to the people, find out whether, you know, the timing, because it says 30 to 90 minutes. And we know that we've, yeah, the, the 90 minutes is if people who know what they're doing. And yes, because our thoughts were you can play the scenario one week and do the in-between bits the next week mm. and that would be cool and we, we quite you know we'd quite like to do it as well and there's the miniatures which look cool and then when i spoke to the people there you can but you've got to be sort of a bit quick and a bit on it and i think yeah. that is generally sometimes the issue with it but one that i've been playing recently is uh, lord of the rings one uh-huh. um Ooh. It's not the journeys in Middle Earth. I think that's another campaign game. Okay. I've seen people playing it. Club, that's like a little miniatures thing that gets controlled by an app. But this is a different one. This is Lord of the Rings adventure book game. Uh, this is um, a co- cooperative game, and you get like a, a book uh, of eight different campaigns. It's a bit of a okay. weird one. Um, on Board Game Geek, okay. it says the playtime is between twenty and one hundred and sixty minutes. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's a bit of a strange one, but uh, it takes 20 minutes to play each scenario, and there's like okay. eight in the game. So if you play the whole thing in one sitting, then yeah, it probably will take you 160 minutes. Um, but basically, it's based on the films of the Lord of the Rings. So you've got all the characters in the portraits of the actors and stuff, which is quite cool. Uh, and each each story, each uh, board in the book is like a little uh, cooperative mission that you have to do so like the first one you're in the shire and you're trying to meet meet up with the with the uh hobbits and things like that and aragorn mm-hmm. and then there's another one where you're fighting the balrog and then it goes all the way through the shallow player and there's one at helm's deep and things like that and they're all mm-hmm. they're all based on the same kind of core mechanics but they all slightly change things okay. so uh you'll have different you'll have tree ends moving around or you'll have like hobbits to maneuver to certain spots so you'll have tokens that flip over and that's like your timer so each campaign each um, little story is like a little different spin on the same kind of story um so we, we've been playing it like just one just one 20 minute half an hour game at a time um we've mm-hmm. played through to about campaign six i think or we're running about story six now out of eight um so that's quite that's quite a cool one it's a nice little cooperative like simple game like I say, it only takes half an hour to play each mm-hmm. each story, but each one's like slightly different, and it leads into the next one. And if you're if you're a fan of the films or the, the books, then yeah, definitely worth mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out. Mm. The one uh, campaign game I own, played my copy of a little bit, but um, I bought because I was I played through the campaign at the club and like the game, so I bought a copy, and that's uh, Max versus Minions. Oh yeah, I played quite yeah. a few years ago now, about a year after it sort of been a big Kickstarter thing. Yeah. Uh, I've I've got that. I've never played it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's really nice. It's got it's got fantastic production values as well. Mm-hmm. It's lovely miniatures. The boss, well, big mini, and the playing minis are really nice. Um, yeah. But I really like the gameplay as well. You sort of action programming type thing where you're adding cards to your slots and then going through those one by one to do your moves and, fa- and firing and stuff. And of course, mm. missions. And it's got a really nice sort of damage system, you know, rather than just having sort of a health bar that you, if you get hit, you take health points or whatever damage. And um, there's a deck of cards, and if you take damage, you draw one of those, and that can, you know, go into your action thing. So you, instead of you're suddenly doing some actions in the middle of it, suddenly doing 93 turn to the left or whatever else, it's take a reaction or it can swap bits of your action row as well, yeah. uh, or things like that, which is sort of 
much more interesting than just health getting reduced. Mm. It's quite funny, and adds to the the sort of sense that you're these new people trying to pilot these machines and kind of worrying about not which are you doing it and spinning around a bit wildly and firing randomly kind of thing. So I might try and play through that again at some point. Yeah. This current yeah, campaign. I try that one. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's like like all the player characters are like pre-painted giant miniatures, aren't they? Like, yeah, they are. They're all, they're all and, the, and the other the other the minions they've they're all like got a wash on them. And, yeah. It's got really nice components. Yeah, big box of yeah. little big box of plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like the Legends universe actually. So, what, uh, what about things like um, Mansions of Madness or the Betrayal on the House of the Hill? They're not really campaigns, but they yeah, kind not of, not played differently each time. Yeah, not played any of those ones. Yes, mm. I've seen them being played a few times and things, mm. um, but not not played them myself. Yeah, no, there's part of me that does think, you know, that there is an element of the le- the legacy games. Some people play them like campaigns and have it that it's just going to be the same people over a period of time. So they are, I think, a legacy game is a type of campaign, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to um, Legends of the West Ticket to Ride legacy game that's coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- that, that is on my list to Santa. Um I also suspect it might be uh, my wife's, um, my son's um, list to Santa. So I think we might go tell you what, it's a gift to us all. Yeah, it's definitely one for me, that one as well. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there are quite a lot, aren't there? There are quite a lot of campaign games where you kind of follow the story and you you, you move on and you increase your, increase your stats and things like that. There's probably loads yeah. that, uh, that we've not mentioned, but uh, yeah. yeah, there's quite a lot, quite a lot of choice. And, I, I think a lot of them playing games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they're yeah. popular on Kickstarter as well. A lot, a lot of Kickstarter games tend to be campaign type things. Yeah, yeah. Miniatures, particularly the miniatures ones. I've got at home um, the Dungeons and Dragons board game Wrath of Ashdalaron, where it's oh, one yeah. of those box games. You've got a bunch of miniatures in. It's a dungeon crawl. It kind of claims that oh, you've got campaign play. It's not. It's very much a case if you've got a series of linked adventures. And it's a bit like Stuffed Fables, the storybook adventure type thing where you kind of play a game and then whilst the next game is sort of linked, you almost wipe the slate clean. It's almost like Mm. the episode of the week, you know, literally like the Dungeons and Dragons. They're always um, cartoon where whatever happened last week has no bearing on this week. They're still trying (laughs) to achieve the same thing. And, And whilst... You'd say, well, it's a series and they're all linked. The reality is you just go end of episode, hard reset. And yeah. and it is one of those. And so it claims to sort of be campaigny and it really isn't. I guess um, I guess with those kind of games, you could just jump into any scenario. It's just like more of a scenario based thing where you can pick yeah. from like a list and it doesn't really matter yeah. which one you play, but they get harder as they go along. But obviously, yeah, makes makes me just jump into one if you want. Next question yeah. is a little bit like that. You could play the scenarios as kind of stunt load if you wanted to. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not too difficult mm. to do that. Yes. Mm. Well, at the beginning of the cast of the podcast, we you know you mentioned back in the eighties with the fighting fantasy. We I had Hero Quest, and that must be oh, one yeah. of the uh, you know because yeah, your aim was to become yeah. to, to successfully complete three quests to be to be a mighty hero. You know, whilst they were semi-standalone, you would be trying to take your character from one to the next to the next, and they would get better. 
Um, and so that was sort of campaigny that mm. I have mm. got all this gold that from beating the firm here um, and everything else um, I've escaped. I've managed to get extra stuff. And if my character dies, then he's dead. And I've got to start all over again with my wizard with nothing and only nine spells in total I can cast. Never mind. Um, and so that that's definitely of that sort of principle. Yeah. OK, well, uh, there's plenty of uh, plenty of campaign games uh, there for you to to have a look at mm-hmm. and think about. So uh, I think that's pretty much it for this episode then. So thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you both for joining me, Samuel. Thanks for coming on. It's been good talking to you. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, John. Uh, Tom Lovell. Uh, do you want to give thank us the details of that game day again, Tom? Just so people so, know where yeah, when it is. It's- it is on Saturday, the 2nd of September. It starts at 10 a.m. I think it finishes at, I think, about 4 p.m. And it's at the Church of Latter-day Saints in Barnwood, Gloucester. Well, uh, so go down there if you, uh, if you want to play some games. And if you haven't got time to do that, we'll see you on the next episode. So goodbye from us. Goodbye for now. Bye. Bye.